Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 100, <laughs> episode one of Your Daily a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially, off the top, fuck Coke Industries and fuck Fox News. It's Monday, September 16th, 2019. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. It's the end of the world and all of Western civilization. Psychic spies from China steal my SNL elation. And if you want these kind of gems, join Shangilis Nation. Uh, <laughs> and I'm thrilled wow, to be joined, exactly. as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Smoke a thick bowl of wax. Could you wipe my drool and feeling smack? How did my eyelids turn red? A Mexi melt calms my growing dread. I wish mm. I felt I felt like I'm so high it feels like I'm growing dreads. That's happened to me before. Uh, anyway, shout out have to Trite really? Gang. Uh, you know, look, we don't have to talk about that uh, <laughs> on mic. Uh, but yeah, Trite Gang at just test hey DZAKAs for that Nickelback photograph, aka. Thank you very much. Well, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious comedian and talented performer, Mr. Eric Lampere. Hello. Oh, hello, gentlemen. Welcome. Hello, Eric. Thanks for having me again and again and again, guys. Yes. It's so good to have you back. It, it, feels, like a, it feels like I'm at home here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And you guys are my mum and dad, but I don't, I don't, know, <laughs> which one, I don't know which one's mum and I don't know which one's dad. It's you fine. It doesn't matter. You could be both my dad. I yes. provide, look, I provide feminine and masculine energy to everybody do do in that. a loving way. In turn. Yeah. 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 And, in the, like, and in turn, love no. receiveth right. loving. <laughs> in kind. <laughs> in kind. And so as to. Uh, are you yeah, doing, like are you doing something current. about marriage? Yeah, yeah. Says, when I was in Nepal, they called me Kim Tati, which meant he who giveth love. Uh, something about terms. Mary, I feel like, is sort of an under, uh, overlooked gem, maybe. At least there. the character of Pat Healy. Oh, Pat Healy. I think Pat so Healy good. is one of the best scumbags ever. Was he uh, the one that had, like, psoriasis and stuff? No, that was Chris Elliott's character, oh, Woogie, okay. Don Woganowski. Uh, Pat Healy was the private investigator played by Matt Dillon. Uh, well, Eric, we're going to get to know you a little bit better, uh, catch up with you, find out what you've been up to. But first, we are going to take our listeners through a couple of things we're talking about today. Uh, right-wing propaganda is getting scary. We're going to talk about a couple of examples of that. Uh, we are going to talk about the real reason that Trump's energy department just announced that they were scrapping those energy-efficient light bulbs. Mm. Uh, it's I, I hadn't heard this. It's... Uh, interesting. Well, finally, I like that science is actually dictating some of the policy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we're going to talk about the Liberty University clusterfuck, uh, the JF2, Jerry Falwell uh, Jr., and uh, the Politico expose is just a, an incredible story and uh, proves that the Righteous Gemstones is actually too understated. It's <laughs> it's not uh, over the top enough. Uh, we are going to talk about that Russian spy uh, who had to be pulled out of Russia. We're going to talk about uh, the Ig Nobel Prizes. Oh, I love those. Yeah. They I'm were so ignorant. Announced. I just found out about this. Oh, they're brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I have, as I read them, I'm like, I, asked, I looked at Jack and I'm like, you heard about this? He's like, yeah. Yeah, bro. Not up on my science at all. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I've worked on the internet for many years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heard of it. Uh, and we're going to talk about Popeyes, too, because their, their, their solution yeah. is they, they've come up with a solution to, to your problem. They've come up to a non-solution to a problem that shouldn't have ever existed. They should just be selling Wonder Bread out front. Eventually. Yeah. But first, Eric, we like to ask our guests. Oh, I know what you like to ask. What's something go. from your search history, bro? Uh, so the last thing I searched was the 31 best final shots in horror movies. Whoa. It, was just, it was just an article, I think, by onepicture.com or something like that. Um, and I, I quite like studying uh, film. And yeah, like cinematography? The, the, yeah, and the opening shot and the final shot always intrigues me. Because mm. there's a reason. There sh well, there should be a reason. If the director is good or the storyteller is good, that there should be a reason as to why we're seeing that. Right, and, and right. I, I'm really starting to. I think, I think Hollywood's getting to me, bro. <laughs> getting in your veins, <laughs> huh? But uh, I'm really fascinated by uh, 
not just the story, but what is in the mind of the director? Why did the director choose that frame? Right, right, over, right. Over the myriad of millions of frames that could right. be a possibility. Was there Why? a specific film that kind of you were impressed by that you didn't think was actually as Now, here's, uh, here's my shame. Okay. Uh, I, I Googled it to read for later. <laughs> <laughs> so, no examples. Uh, uh, next time I'm back, I will update you what happens. Hey, transparency, yeah, right, guys? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I like that. That, I mean, um, <laughs> the idea of like thinking of every shot in a movie as like an individual painting where everything in the frame was decided for a reason. Yeah. Uh, that's like, that's when I really got, I had a film studies professor who was like, nothing is there by accident. And I have since learned that that's not necessarily true, but it's just from a viewer's perspective, it's a good way to think about movies. It's oh, just yeah. That everything has meaning. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like someone said that they found Roma boring. Right? <laughs> Did you and, like look at it? Which, right. and, and in, in a way, I'm like, I fa- you know, fair enough. Some people don't have time to watch as many movies as, let's say, right. I do, right? But I said, to, I said to them, I was like, no, no, but, but rewatch it and ask yourself why that opening shot, for example, took so long. Right. Yeah, yeah. right? Where you just saw this sort of blood being washed, or was it, was it blood or poo? It was, I think it was poo. I think it was, it was poop, poo. Yeah. yeah. It was a dog poop. And it, why did it take so long? Why was it so almost? Why was it in a way so boring? Right, yeah. it was because think, of yeah. her. It was her daily life. We were experiencing a little bit of her daily life and how like monotonous it is. I think there's layers, right, to getting more engaged with film and watching film. The first is just like, is it entertaining based on me opening my eyes and aiming them at the screen? Right. And then from there, yeah, can you pick up on the nuances in the acting and then the cinematography itself? Because when you start really appreciating, you'll go back to other films, especially if you. I begin to identify directors or cinematographers oh, really yeah. like, and you're like, wow. When when you realize the intention of things, it adds so much more meaning. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, the language, you know, it's it's you know, if you can study a little bit of French and go, ooh, la bibliothèque, you know, where is the library? Mais si tu peux apprendre le français tellement que tu peux parler comme ça, mm, mm, all of a yeah. sudden it's like, oh baby, wow, yeah. fluent French. I feel like you're I've been though, made French. love to by the French language. <laughs> yes. Uh, Man, that part in uh, Roma, I was just, you bringing it up, it was just making me think of the part where they like go to the country to like stay at those people's house. Yeah. That's like a, oh man, what what a sequence of just, I don't know. Guys, crazy. watch it, you know, watch everything. Ch- check that shit out. That's like. Or start, you know, start small, start noticing when you see long master shots, right. like with no cuts. That was my first foray into under, like as a stoner college, you know, I'm like. Yo, dude, I think that was just all like one take right there. <laughs> like you're like boogie nights. You're right. like, dude, I think this is all just whoa, dude. They went in the pool and then came out. Right. I don't think they cut. Or like Snake Eyes also has one in the opening. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Mate, one of the best long shots ever is uh, when Chief Brody uh, is walking with the mayor in Jaws. Yeah. And uh, he's walking along the beach, and the, the mayor's like, I don't want to close the, I don't want to close the beach and stuff like that. And then they sort of walk up, and then, and then they walk behind. By the billboard, where yeah. right. the shark graf- graffiti, right? And the stuff. shark graffiti, yeah. and then and then they continue. But the the choreography of where the three actors are moving while the camera's moving, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I don't want to ah. sit here and talk to a guy who's lining up to be a hot lunch. Wow, <laughs> somebody <laughs> preaching the gospel uh, direct from the scripture. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Uh, overrated. How how about other people's opinion? Yeah, All yeah, right, wow. yeah, bro. In it. I, I love other people's stories. I yeah. love other people's uh, <laughs> thoughts and behaviors and, and why, like, for example, they have those thoughts and why they have the, those behaviors. Where did that come from? I, I, I love every single person's story. But when they come at me on the internet with an opinion of my own perception and right. my own reality, I sometimes go, how about you just kill yourself a little bit? Because <laughs> it's quite frustrating when you, for example, I was called a homophobe. Uh, while I was I was on set, I was do, I was doing a comedy comedy night, and I was doing a set about the time I um, did some fellatio on a man's uh-huh. penis, uh-huh. and my opinion was it wasn't for me, right. right? Right, and I was sharing that hey, not for me, right. for other people, great. Tried it, got the T-shirt, and, not interested. And <laughs> I think because obviously I was bringing lightness and humor to my own experience about how I wasn't into it, but I or tried your to, own I tried, sexual experience, experimentation. Yeah. And I was like, I tried to finish just to make him happy. And, yeah. You know, like, I was, yeah, basically, as I, you do. I I sort of brought light to it, and then this guy was clearly triggered and clearly bullied a lot at school by uh, his own experience. Right. Yeah, yeah, he right, just right. heard me say, making light like light of 
sucking dick essentially right and he was really upset and i tried to like be kind and listen and after a while i went you know what mate you're not listening to me sure sure right well that's the thing and i think a lot of people too expect their opinion to affect another person by voicing it right because we're sort of raised from children to look at feedback from our parents first and be like okay how do i adjust and you're always looking mm -hmm. at feedback 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 opinions and then at a certain point like when you sort of realize who you are those are like, you know, those don't need to inform your own movement as a human being, how you take the world in. Mm. But a lot of people still feel entitled to, you know, controlling or at least thinking that let me say this thing to control this or check right. this person. And, you know, and, and the way he was talking to me, there was, an, there was a, a little bit of a moment of sadness in a way, because the way he was talking to me was like I was the bully at school. I was his bully at school. Sure, right. sure, and sure. I kept thinking, I didn't say any of this to him, but I was like, mate, I lived in seven countries before the age of 12. Me getting bullied about my identity was my entire childhood. Sure, right? sure, sure. And just because it wasn't a sexual thing, but it was more a Yeah, you know what reason. it's like to be seen as different and as then the have outsider. people sort of, yeah, yeah. But he, I, I knew that at the moment he was just fired up and didn't want to listen. And I was like, oh, mate. Yeah. yeah. Like, all right. I think that's interesting that you kind of, the other option is like telling your story. Like if he had come to you and been like, this is my story, and then like make of it what you will, as opposed to just, there's something so like, like literally ego centered of opinion. Like that's like, this is how I see it. Right. And you're trying to force that very specific point he, of view he, on Because he, really he really got in my face. Yeah. And I was just aware that oh, he's clearly got some pain from childhood. Yeah. Because I put a little bit of thought into it. But if I was just present with him, and I would just be like... Sure. I would get defensive. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. was being totally. rude to me. And so it's, 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 at well, some point, why, you just yeah. have to ignore people's opinion well, if you know they're wrong. I don't well, know, like, no, it's not even that. You don't need to explain yourself to people all the time. And right, I think we're right. used to explaining ourselves all the time. Like I said, like when, you know, like I do this because of this or whatever, but at a certain point... I mean, as long as you're not being like evil or something and right. someone is just misconstruing right. maybe you're like what you're saying or what they believe you to be. I th but that's our own desire, right, uh, for our egos because we don't want to feel like we're misunderstood by another person because then our identity in this person's eye is not what we believe it should be. Right, right. So then we're they're activating our own ego shit. And it's more like, you know what, you can think I'm living my truth here. I know that emanates from within me first. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you can't, uh, you know, pick up what I'm transmitting, then that's on you. Right. You know what I mean? I got to keep it moving. Because I'm here to make, make make love and make peace. Right. There's nothing more boring than listening to an artist explain their work, like in their opinion, what it means or right. like why they did something as opposed, <laughs> but their work is brilliant. Right. So like, just do whatever your version of art is. Don't, don't like give. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Life is art. Mm. Yeah. Live oh. your life like a work of art. Wow. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? I didn't write anything. Okay. Wow. Just, just philosophically. You just mean? <laughs> Are they like just on the premise? Nothing's underrated. Well, you know, th there is. I guess there is a place for everything, right? There is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. sometimes I go, is it underrated? Is it not? And you know, I've, this is my what? How many times have I been here? Maybe four. four I've run nine? out of my underrated things now. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things. Well, you were just in Boise, Idaho. How did you like Boise? I loved it. Oh, shout out to Sarah from Boise who okay. came to my show. Yeah. Um, Boise was wonderful. Caitlin Gill had a comedian. She did a great sort of observation about how. Uh, they they wear the t-shirts of their own town. That's how much <laughs> in Boise. That's how much people Pride. from Boise and Idahoans love their city and state. They wear t-shirts of their own city and state. Were they wearing the <laughs> schools shirts or just straight up just Boise? No, just gear? like this, like right. the, the picture of the state, for example. Is there a football field still blue? I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good branding. Is that Boise State? Boise State, I believe. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah. Is I that even them. possible to have a Boise State since Boise is not a state but a city? Look, man, I got a lot of tales. <laughs> Maybe Boise State as in Boise State of Mind. Yeah. yeah. Welcome, welcome to Boise. It's chill here. Um, New York State of Mind. I'm trying to think of like what the slogan for Boise would be, but I don't know shit about Boise, so why would I know what the slogan for Boise would be? I'm guessing it's, uh, I think it's an agricultural one. Right. So it's, uh, it is like uh, the Latin's like, reap and you shall receive. You know, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, the motto very, of Boise? Yeah, go on. City of Trees. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's bois. It's Le French bois. for bois. Right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Bonjour. Le bois. Uh, Le bois. What is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Hey, bro. Concept. 
You know, like, have you ever considered how concepts aren't real? Are you making fun of uh, me right now? No, I'm not. <laughs> I was how about just, this, bro? <laughs> but you like, talk like that? Again, again, <laughs> <laughs> but again, I was like, oh, it's my fourth or fifth time here. Yeah. Uh, and I need to come up with another myth that I can debunk, you know, because I was like, there's plenty of myths out there, but one that I can debunk. Um, and I just thought, based on what I've experienced this year, I was like, well, you know, prove to me that any concept that you actually experience is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you can read something. So the, the example I use is, uh, I think, Jenny, the neuroscientist, right? She can be in a black and white room and learn about the color red, right? Everything, right. R- the radio wave, uh, you know, how it can be used. It represents love, but also danger, all of those things. Yeah. But until she steps out of that room and actually sees the color red, she right. hasn't had the full information, right? And so then it becomes this really interesting thing where you go, okay, I've studied my entire life this thing that exists out there in the universe or past the universe right. or about time and stuff. But until you really experience it, yeah. like for example, uh, people that make beers, right? You, you can make beer, you can put the ingredients in you, right water, barley, mm, all of that delicious yum, yum, yum. But until you're like drunk on and beer. sipping it, yeah, right, right, right. You haven't had the full experience of beer. Right. And so uh, it makes, uh, creatively speaking, and actually philosophically uh, speaking and stuff, and actually maybe to, to evolve as a human being, it's interesting to start thinking about the concepts that you believe in and then maybe see if you can break them down to truly understand the universe. Wow. How do you experience? Welcome, Alan Watts, to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's true. I think that the experience, I mean, we can know so many things intellectually, right? But uh, like, but experience, even it, just even adding experiences, even to your point, it might not be something you think you need or don't need or whatever, but just always giving yourself new stimulation through experience. Right. Is, can lead to tremendous growth. Time time is measured by change, right? And so, for example, a brain will always measure uh, something for the first time. So you always remember like your first kiss and first this, first that. And as you get older, people are more and more afraid of doing more firsts. Right. Um, and therefore, time sort of moves in a sort of like, meh kind of way, which is why you should constantly keep challenging yourself to experience firsts or read about firsts or do more firsts. Right, right, right. Because then all of a sudden your memory bank just keeps filling because your brain goes, this is first. Yeah. Let's remember yeah. this. Rather this is why like, people yeah. in the car crash, they say like, it moved slowly, bro. Uh, I don't know why everyone's like... <laughs> <laughs> Been hanging out with a lot of surfers. Sounds like a fucking <laughs> freshman philosophy yeah. student who just took a bong hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. But yeah, stimulate your mind. Yeah, stimulate. Yeah, because it's true. Like you know, you can you can go to that same bar for the nine hundredth time. That's not right. going to really necessarily open up something new in your memory. Yeah, but yeah. You might remember trying. Like shit, maybe I will go to this weird grunge show, even though I don't fuck with grunge all the time. Right. I'm trying to do that with music too now. Oh, good for you. Because I like music, but there's some genres of music where I'm like, I don't know if I'm interested in seeing a live show of this because I wouldn't really listen to it normally. But I'm more like. No, you know what? Like, taking the experience of seeing this other form of music. That's the thing as well. Taking in the experience, even if you don't really fit in or you don't like it, just be chill, enjoy it, take it all in. Yeah. It's quite fun. Well, being uncomfortable typically leads to huge growth or something like, you know, like even when you're a kid, right? Like when I was playing sports, I would, when I had to, when I was good enough to play with like a lot older kids in hockey, like I was very scared because I was like, these kids are two years older than me. And like when you're 12, that's like a whole fucking universe of size. Yeah. But but that experience of being uncomfortable like forced me to improve or whatever. It's right. like anything. Just put yourself in uncomfortable positions and you will prevail. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's talk about uh, – there's a couple pieces of right-wing propaganda that are starting to make the right seem a little scarier than they seemed before I saw them. Before? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. They've been frightening me for a while. Right. Uh, So there was an ad that ran in New York and Houston and uh, one other city during the debates. There was a photograph of AOC and it says, this is the face of socialism and then lights it on fire. And then like it burns away and there's like pictures of like skulls and dead people underneath. And um, I guess the idea, this is from a pack uh, led by a woman who got totally tuned up in the 2018 midterms. Trounced. But, yeah, but she became famous anyway because her violent ads got banned from Facebook. So, like, she became a figure of, you know, the right wing being able to say that their voice is being held back because... Right, because she's an Asian woman. Right. She's, like, the poster child of, like, I'm a minority who fucks with Trump. Yes, and her kind of origin story is that her parents were almost killed in the 
Cambodian killing fields, I think. Wow. Yeah. And all of that to just run, I mean, ugh, it's, but, that, it's, but that was done by the Khmer Rouge, and who's famously wearing rouge? Uh, I believe it's the <laughs> right. Trump hats. I mean, uh, that's about as similar as you get to, like, that's, you might as well just be like, well, what, what color were they wearing? Because, like, the for all the similarities that AOC has to the version of communism or socialism. That, I've never understood this, right? So, right. Some Americans don't want to listen to me, understandably, because you're not a from here, bro. Right? Right. Why, does, why does I say bro? No, like that, right? yeah. We might take but you seriously. He, uh, so many people get angry at me when I just tell them, just so you know, I come from a place where I pay less tax and I get health care. Right. Just right. chill out with the socialism. Stop putting a dirty word on it. It's right. It's it, it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I genuinely my mind is boggled. They should just call it country. low bills. You want low bills? You want lower bills? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I fuck with that. Great. That's what we're doing. Get your low bills out of my state. Yeah, I don't want lower. I want higher bills. (laughs) Really? (laughs) It's my freedom to pay more money. But yeah, I think that's the thing, too, because, you know, uh, America, you know, at one point, capitalism did work for a a large number of people. And then that proportion has completely fallen off. And now it's different. And I think, you know, we've been or not. I mean, many people have been conditioned to hear those as like existential threat buzzwords of like communism yeah fucking socal the social whatever that is yeah it's just you know it's tough uh but then meanwhile you have uh candidates like this who you know uh, just I, I it really pains me when i see the like minorities who are really trying to like use their existence to try and soften trump's racism right or be like well you know i i think this is fine or like he's actually chill because right. i support him right um and it's just it's very disingenuous to me. If, if so. it, you know, like, if you're on the right and you have an opinion and you phrase it in a way that's just like, hey, the reason I think like this is because of this, and you're chill about it, people will listen. If you're shouting in someone's face, you've already lost, mate. Right. Yeah. You've already lost. Yeah. If you, if you, you know, I don't know. It's an odd. Well, I think typically, even calmly, if you engage somebody on talking about socialism who is, like, on the the right they typically only have like three examples to point to, right. which is interesting because one of the one most people who are in a very like lazy discourse will just be like, what about Venezuela, man? Right. Uh, as like this very extreme example, completely removing all nuance as to how, how the, his, the history of the country, the how, the, what the Western world's part is in, uh, you know, pushing that country in that direction and things like that. Right, right. Um, and with, that, was, that was what I thought was interesting about the debates is when uh, – I, f- I forget which one of the hosts or the moderators basically framed that uh, question to yeah. Bernie Sanders to be like, help explain this because most people, the first thing they're going to be like, well, what about like well, socialism? Socialism bad and so makes you, people die. You're in favor of Venezuela. That's what you want my kids to be like to have to fight people away from their mango tree with a crossbow. Yeah. Um, my kid ain't gonna become Venezuela. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'll be right. Damned. Um, well, so that. Ad uh, from that pack during the debates got uh, a like boycott ABC trending on Friday, um, but there was another ad that was that kind of flew under the radar that Rudy Giuliani tweeted that. So it opens with like a close up on a cop's face and he's facing down um, Antifa, basically Antifa and like, Black Lives Matter socialists. Uh, they're and they're just like you know enraged and have signs that are like down with the police, the police state, uh, FTP, yeah, some FTP. Police are fascists. Yes, and uh, and then it like flashes back to him uh, as a you know younger man being sworn in, like just various like moments of American patriotism, military, and then as a child uh, witnessing nine eleven happen. And then it like cuts, go, back, to cuts him. back to him and he gets this look of determination on his face and like pushes down his police visor and like whips out this like giant like baton and is like, come on, mother. Like it's yeah. like this like call to arms of like the I, cops are going to like murder it's you. It's wildly epic. Oh, yeah. I mean, like epic, I will, yeah. I'm not going to lie. By the by way, far blows out the production value of most dumb shit I've seen like this from yeah. the right. Oh, like there was effective. full on, like they had extras. Oh, good for that. There might have been a second unit. 
Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there and was, they got a but, kid who looked like the cop to play the younger version of the cop. Like, like they nailed it. Oh, I really want to see the yeah. opening and final shot of that video now. And ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a guess as to what is playing on the audio track. Oh. Um, it's like Sweet Home Alabama, but done slowly. Sweet Home Alabama. Proud to be an American? Oh, beautiful. Oh, like a horror a film. Child's, a yeah. child's voice singing oh, yeah, with in like an child echoey singing. room. Jack yeah. in the Box music playing right. in the background. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Jack O'Brien in the box. That's yeah. right. Hey. Oh, man. Well, like I said uh, last week, man, just great police state porn. Uh, for mm. anybody who's like, yeah, man, that's what I, I want to. So that's what I have to do to beat up people I don't agree with, become a cop? Right. Cool. Yeah. Great recruiting tool. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. So this story last week, Trump's Energy Department announced they were scrapping new efficiency standards for light bulbs. Uh, which isn't that surprising because it's something that was finalized by Obama, uh, first implemented by famous lefty George W. Bush. Is uh, that how like lame they are in the list of shit Obama did that they've gone through like the big right. shit and now like, all right, what else we got? Uh, this is light bulb thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. But a lot of people are pissed off because, uh, this standard would have saved consumers billions of dollars and prevented millions of tons of carbon dioxide emissions. Uh, and so people, you know, not surprisingly, are like, wait, so why are we doing this? And uh, last Monday at a rally, Trump uh, said the quiet part out loud, as he is wont to do, <laughs> and said he looks better under an incandescent light. And he prefaced that statement by saying, I'm not a vain person, but... Uh, <laughs> And then the following Thursday, he blamed the LED light bulbs for his orange skin tone. He said, the bulb that we're being forced to use, number one, to me, most importantly, the light's no good. I always look orange. And so do you. The light is the worst. And so do you. Wow. <laughs> Just so not, he, he's not orange. You're orange. Uh, oh, boy. I, uh, I mean, like when you start arguing, like, it's the color temp. Mm -hmm. The color temperature is fucking up my whole existence. He's thinking about cinematography. I like right. it. Yeah, he's like a gaffer now. Right. He's like, yeah, actually, we shouldn't light this with incandescent, actually. Like, Can we get a Kino? An action here? movie in 2006. What? So it's, that's, uh, does that track? No. I, why am I even asking if that no, tracks? Of because not. he's, he's been, been tanning. <laughs> he's been orange since like 2003. People actually looked into this, like, when did he first turn orange? And it actually goes back to before the uh, Apprentice. I think. It, what did we figure 2004? out? Two thousand four. Two thousand four is when the Apprentice started. Yeah. And also Facebook. So that's when he turned orange, and it was around the time that a business partner of his, who he was like going in on an investment with at that time. I think they were buying the General Electric building together. Oh, they said they were buying the General Election. <laughs> yeah, that also <laughs> happened, uh, but. He that person bought uh, New Sunshine, uh, which was a company that makes tanning beds and also tanning uh, spray, spray tan. And around that time, suddenly uh, Trump turned orange. People were like, "Huh, oh, dude, the presidential sheets at the White House must get all like oh, yeah. stained with his oh, naughty yeah. little he skin." Wa he washes them. Yeah, he's like, "No, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll do it myself." <laughs> wasn't there something about that like he had this weird thing he didn't want people looking at his sheets or towels or something i don't know I, everything just blends together these days but yeah. i like that it's born out of i wonder what that guy like when trump's like so what are you getting into he's like i'm in this like I don't know, tanning beds and stuff right that, you know you want to look like you're you know on vacation you know looking good look at that nice you know hue to you like burnt duck skin <laughs> and he's like yeah oh i wonder if like that his wheels just started turning goes Okay, that's my new thing. Right. I'm going to start tanning. Yeah, you got to have a color. That's good branding. <laughs> but yeah, New Sunshine, that company also became a sponsor of the Celebrity Apprentice. So it's not like, mm -hmm. I mean, there, there was a, a tie-in there. Guys, I want to talk about the show The Righteous Gemstones on HBO <laughs> uh, and its real-world uh, equivalent that is unfolding in Virginia with Jerry Falwell's uh, children and grandchildren. Um, 
So first of all, shout out to HBO. Whoever is greenlighting these shows is fucking nailing the zeitgeist like 20 months in advance. Chernobyl. Right. Chernobyl was like so perfect, which I guess wasn't like so hard to predict because you knew we had a an administration coming in with their head like all the way up their ass. Well, on that and change. also, yeah, like the sort of obscuring of truth and how right. that's used in service of darker ends and things right. like that. But with Righteous Gemstones, I mean, I they and Danny McBride fully nailed uh, the Falwell family. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess they've been around for a while, but it's it's pretty wild. Like the the stuff that is being revealed about how Jerry Falwell Jr., uh, who is the charisma-less bearded guy who shows up at a lot of like Republican events and talks like this, like in really slow motion, deadpan. Uh, he is... Is he swirling a sort of cold iced tea as he speaks? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well. Welcome to I that. declare. Not even. He's very like, but un, un, very Just not monotone. memorable. Yeah. He's like, what? oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Wait, and then you're like, wasn't your guy that did your wasn't your dad the guy that was like Teletubbies are gonna make kids gay or something? Yeah, but he was also his dad basically invented the whole like what we know now as the Baptist born again movement that we associate most like American Christianity with. Jerry Falwell Sr. like invented that essentially. Right. Uh, and he died in 2007. Jerry Falwell II took over basically the whole company and control of Liberty University, which was a university that was started by his dad. Uh, it is a nonprofit or a not for profit, uh, which means you're not allowed to profit, you're not allowed to have a political motive. Uh, and he has all of those things and like blatantly uses it to like self deal himself like great real estate opportunities. Uh, oh, just, like in the name of buying it for the school or yes, something? Yes, exactly. Uh, the school like sold his personal trainer this like gorgeous, huge property to like so that Jerry Falwell Jr. could like work out there and sold it to him for like an incredibly cheap price. Oh, wow. Uh, he's also like childishly horny and like talks to everybody about how he has sex with his wife and like nails her. And he's like, oh, oh I nail my wife so hard and like she can't handle my big dick. Bro, <laughs> that shit he's saying yeah. looked like his coworkers to his coworkers, and like they're. <laughs> I guess who are the coworkers at this weird church right. thing anyway? They're probably like, hell yeah, dude, and then like, what the no. fuck was that? No, everybody's like, what? So this oh, they're is, like actually conservative yeah, Christians yeah, who are like, actually I would never say Christians. that. They're like, this is a fucking nightmare. It's like a dictatorship under this dude. Like everybody is terrified and just disgusted behind his back but around him they're all just like ah you said it jf you nail her you got it man nailed her for sure doggy uh sex god he once sent a picture of his wife in like a french maid's outfit uh around to a bunch of like board members and i was like sorry guys meant to send that to my personal trainer it's like no, what? no, you didn't. Oh, you fucking I feel, creep. I feel, but also I feel so desperately sorry for him. No, right? I mean obviously don't, no, because he's being incredibly I mean, rude I think, to his wife. I think if you can but, extract all that evil shit he does and exploitative bullshit he does under it's the, it's just the saddest thing, isn't it? It's like, yeah, well, hey guys, look, I do have sex with a lady. <laughs> I right, feel like you don't. He really reminds me of uh, Donald Trump Jr. Like the the whole, first of all, his beard and chinless beardedness but also just his like never really experienced discomfort other than his father's disapproval and so um, you know takes it out on everybody else jack may i interrupt you here uh you said chinless as if that was a really bad thing <laughs> and uh, i would like to explore that further right uh, because, uh, no. because take a good look at my face jack uh, i think you're beautiful i don't have a chin myself yeah, you do. and you said chinless in such a way that I i'm looking know. right there yeah, I that tracks him, man. What he says tracks. It's I need a beard to make it seem like I've got a chin. But if I shave, man, like honestly, Gavin McInnes, like that famous video he did years ago before he became Mr. Proud Boys, was like talking about why he needs a beard. Oh, and really? Then he shaved and he's like, because I don't have a. Ch it was like when you saw that, I was like, oh, there's that energy that will begin to evolve <laughs> into what a proud into... boy is. Yeah. Then you have Eric, who's self-actualized and uh, you know empathetic, and he's like, yeah, well, we're all dealt chins. Some get some have bigger chins than some others. Some get huge ones though too. Oh man, yeah. Jay Leno. 
Reese Witherspoon, what a beautiful chin she has. Yes. Oh my god. I want to hold that chin. The I most want to adorable tuck chin. it good night. Have you ever, would you ever get a chin implant? No, I have considered getting my gums smaller. <laughs> Your gums smaller. Or or bigger teeth. You Americans have massive teeth. Right. Well, they're all veneers. It's, Everyone's got veneers. Right. <laughs> right. And I've got like these tiny little milk teeth still. And so if I smile, and I, if you really make me smile, the upper lip sort of hides under itself. Right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden you reveal this gargantuan But it's the wonder of, of you. Did you hang out yeah. with a, <laughs> uh, other Zeit guest, uh, Jamie Loftus at all in Edinburgh? I uh, didn't see them because oh, okay. I actually lived outside of Edinburgh. So oh, did I, you? I, I'd come in, I'd do my show and I'd get out. She's a veneers expert. Oh, oh she, yeah. yeah. She, she loves... can, she'll spot veneers like from literally from three blocks off. away. She's um, like, someone's about to come around the corner with veneers. Right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, how did you, okay, whatever. That's, that's your um, sad mutant veneers. power. Yeah. She's like, it's not a useful superpower, but it's a superpower. But they, um, so anyways, get, getting back to this Politico <laughs> article, they, uh, it's written by somebody who's a graduate of Liberty University. And oh, so who has had it. Right, well, they've just, they're a journalist. They've written for the New York Times and they are just dealing with like contacts they have. Right, 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 right. Um, anyways, the way that uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. has chosen to deal with this is by trying to get the FBI to investigate the writing of the story because emails were leaked in connection with the story. So uh, that's your defense. That's his defense. How the heck did people find out what I say? Right. That's and, a crime, I think. And then the day after he said that that's how he was dealing with it, uh, Reuters had some emails from him that they published where he uh, called one student an emotionally imbalanced, uh, emotionally imbalanced and physically retarded, and called the school's uh, chief of police a halfwit who is easy to manipulate, like a what? like a villain just bragging about how easy it is for them to get away with their crime. Uh, so there's also an amazing character named Trey, who is actually Jerry Falwell the third. That's why he's called Trey. Uh, oh boy! And he is a, in addition to being like having some big, you know, puffed up position inside the Liberty University family, is a Miami party boy uh, with a hostel and you know always out at the clubs. Uh, took a picture of twelve thousand dollars of cash on his hotel bed in Manhattan uh, <laughs> when he went up there uh, with his homie to do a job for Michael Cohen back when he was part of Trump's wow. organization. I uh, had to delete that. Uh, there was also pictures of he and his dad partying at a Miami nightclub uh, that they had to get like taken down off the internet. Um, that might be the best moment in the story. So uh, if you don't mind, I want to just read a couple excerpts from that. So section. there were images of Jerry Falwell Jr. and his yeah. son, Trey, like going hard in a nightclub. At a nightclub. On July 19th, 2014, popular Swedish DJ John Dahlbach performed at Wall, a nightclub in Miami Beach. That night, the club happened to have a photographer on site to grab candid shots of the revelry. Uh, the photos were shared online by World Red Eye, an outlet that documents Miami's nightlife scene. Uh, and Jerry and Trey Falwell were visible in some of the pictures. The outlet identified Trey by name. In a statement on August 21st, Jerry Falwell denied the existence of any photo of him at the club. <laughs> there was no picture snapped of me at Wall Nightclub or any other nightclub, Falwell wrote. I'm sure you already knew that, though. When told that I had obtained a photo of him for this article, Falwell said I was, quote, terribly mistaken. If you show me the picture, I can probably help you out, he wrote. What? I think you are making some incorrect assumptions or have been told false things or are seeing something that was photoshopped. The old, it's probably photoshopped. Uh, after I sent him the photo, as well as a photo of Trey at Wall, Falwell responded, I never asked anyone to get rid of any pictures on the internet of me. And I never have seen the picture you claim is of me below. If the person in the picture is me, it was likely photoshopped. In a second email sent 23 minutes later, Falwell <laughs> wrote, but the bigger question, Brandon, is why would I want a picture like that taken down if I had seen it? Oh, wow. Which doesn't really like make sense. He's clearly spinning out. And yeah. They include the picture. You can like see weird Jerry Falwell just like you know, grinning stupidly amongst like a bunch of 18 year old, like 
fucking scene kids. He looks like he's they're like on Molly or yeah. something. He looks like he's gurning or something. Right. Like he's like <laughs> chewing on like a fucking cocktail straw. Like, hey, dude, is, is, is a fucking is there another set after this? Or? Right. Uh, according to several people with direct knowledge of the situation, Falwell, the president of a conservative Christian college that uh, frowns upon co-ed dancing, uh, parentheses, liberty students can receive demerits if seen co-ed dancing, and prohibits alcohol use, parentheses, for which students can be expelled. Oh, uh, that is so Puritan. According yeah. to sources, he was angry that photos of him clubbing made it online. To remedy the situation, multiple liberty staffers said Falwell went to John Gager. 12-gager, man, uh, <laughs> whom they characterize as his IT guy and asked him to downgrade the photo's prominence on Google searches. Gager did not respond to requests for comment. Gager uh, has worked at Liberty since earning his MBA and is basically like his body man. And Falwell uh, essentially like asked him to get the get them down in terms of their Google search He's ranking. He's like, Gager, you know how this uh, SEO shit works, right? Or this... Google fucking yeah. crap, dude. Get just get rid of it. Like those pictures of A Rod with his shirt off. Right, exactly. Pooping. They did a great job. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find those pics. Uh, Gager has also run Redfinch LLC, an online business uh, he founded that specializes in search engine optimization. Uh, and Liberty paid Redfinch one hundred twenty-three thousand. Dollars wow. in 2016. So that's like the sort of underhanded, like self-dealing shit that right. they do. They have employees of Liberty University who then have their own companies that Liberty then pays, pays out like shitloads of money to. Uh, there's also a lot of stuff where they are doing things that are blatantly like in favor of Trump. For instance, they changed the day that finals were on during uh, an election year because they wanted kids and like told kids to go out and vote conservative. Hey, uh, can't do that. Yes. Well, good to know that like, but I mean, yeah, that's what scummy people do. It's just like what Trump does. Like anybody who's running a fucking, you know, uh, a below board business, you're like, yeah, I got fixtures on payroll. Well, they have a, cons a consulting company I pay out. I call it, I tell people he's my IT guy. Meanwhile, he's the person who scrubs the internet of like damaging shit about us. Yeah. But if, if, uh, he's, if he's so worried about the photo, can't he just sharpie himself out of it? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I know you're, take, you're deeply mistaken. Took care of it. <laughs> Trump, I didn't Trump realize like the sharpie was such a you. powerful tool in American politics. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah, dude. You know what they say, the sharpie's mightier. Uh, <laughs> they do say that. Uh, let's talk about this Russian spy who Trump outed. Or indirectly, right? So right. we talked last week about how that... That weird meeting in the Oval Office with two Russian officials. Everyone's like, what the hell was that? And then he gave away some uh, intelligence secrets about uh, someone who had infiltrated ISIS in Syria, blah, blah, blah. That essentially led to this re revelation that the CIA had cultivated a spy in the Kremlin who had got to the point where he could just see shit on Putin's desk. Right. Like, that's how deep this guy got. And eventually was the person who confirmed to the CIA that, yes, it was, in fact, Vladimir Putin who had ordered the election meddling. Like, I heard, like, I was there. Right. That's he how, told that's me how to deep do it. I'm in this shit. Right. So when he um, was basically, you know, sort of outed in this thing, no one really thought anything of it. But I think as the story came out and they realized just how deep, you know, the CIA had was able to, you know, uh, cultivate somebody or plant somebody. They being the Kremlin. The Kremlin. Yeah. They started getting shook. First, yeah. they were just sort of being like, oh, that's that's a lie, dude. That wouldn't us. No, nah, no, nah, we're spy proof. And then to them reaching out to fucking Interpol to study this case and try and find him. Sure. Uh, we know what this means, right? Whenever someone crosses Putin in public and they fuck off to another country, all bets are usually off. We've right. seen it in the UK happen. We've seen it happen in many other places where people suddenly get sick on a bench yeah. or some shit, get stuck with an umbrella or Don't something. Don't drink after this, dude. I wouldn't recommend it. Right. And that's why, again, it was sort of a bit of a <laughs> of debacle because like, the news is the one who leaked his name out there. Every All the reports before were just like this asset, this asset, what this news? asset. Like Ken Delanian, I believe, like went to his house from NBC oh, and was Jesus like, this is the guy's man. house. We won't say his name. But Motherfucker. savvy people can start putting shit together and eventually right. his name got out. And I think once wow. that happened, that specificity made the shame, I think, real. Because obviously the Kremlin knew this guy was a spy because he was like he was extracted during a family vacation in Montenegro. 
Like mm. that's when they got they were like, you know what, dude? He's out of Russia right now. We think Trump might fucking like totally blow this guy's cover or who knows. Let's get him out. Brought him to the US and now his name's there out there out loud. And right. now you're He's in the States right now. Yeah. What a, what a brilliantly terrifying life. Right. Yeah. Being a spy, I've always sort of fantasized about being a spy. Sure. Especially yeah. as an actor, right? I'm like, yeah. oh, I can get into any role I right. need. Right. Like, maybe get into the Kremlin. I do not know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the the terrifying truth is that, like, oh, you're not on set. Like, this is an actual right. man's right. office that will kill you. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, and you look at all those people that, you know, on just sort of without any kind of, or no consequence, but to them, they act just unimpeded to be like, I don't care what country you're in. We will, we will come onto your country's soil and do our work. Right. And I think that's the concern is that, like, if this guy's in the U.S., much like how in the U.K. things have happened and, you know, like, a lot of the intelligence agencies there, like, this is Russia. But also, how do we know it's not a double bluff, right? You, you know what? What if he What if he was turned in that office? You know, I saw things on Vladimir Putin's desk like a better offer, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and right. Uh, if, we, if, the, if the U.S. can get someone, you know, that high up... Uh, could could it not be feasible that there are some high up in the White House? Oh yeah, um, oh, for sure. as, as high office. as the president, perhaps, or yeah, an unintentional <laughs> unintentional asset that right. they found a willing idiot to <laughs> go along with. But right. again, I think this is where it can get tricky, right? Because that would be a real international event if this person who was a it's an intelligence asset who's in the U.S. is somehow being attacked on in within the borders of the United States by a foreign country. You know what's going to happen if Trump's in office? He'll be like, you know, honestly, I don't like spies. So right, yeah. And in, yeah, all, yeah. And in all fairness, then you could, play, you know, you play the other hand, right? You go, well, you know, America did put a spy in that country, right? So then yeah, it's like, right, where does sure. it, where does it stop? Well, and also, know? like, let's be real, like, like the U.S. isn't coming after people on other people's soil. Hmm. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the bigger picture. However, if we're just doing looking it, at this, right, right. like the Russia or doing it in China, like that becomes an international incident. I right. think we did do it with a Chinese spy, like something, a Huawei executive maybe uh, in China where we like oh, apprehended them, off of a plane them, I think. And like that became a whole thing. So like but doing this, it yeah. on one of the major powers soil is a big deal. That's why the killing of that person in the UK was a big deal and you know it they really if they fuck with this person like it'll it'll be bad um, for the world quick shout out to the cia or mi5 uh if you are looking for someone uh to spy yeah it would yeah. It, you know how i travel internationally doing stand-up and acting you know my cover right. is already set right and i'm constantly in hotels making notes on my little notepad right mm -hmm. for jokes mm -hmm. hire me yeah. Or the, or since you're uh, francophone, uh, the DGSE. Ah, oh, I didn't know. Which I didn't is the know French, French one. CIA, yeah. Ah, merci beaucoup. Yeah, the Directorat General for External Security. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back, man. And we're back. And we're John Dahl back. Ooh. Uh, apparently, that DJ is uh, so sick, dude. So sick. DJ Daniel. DJ Daniel. Uh -huh. uh, he invented that drop. Uh, That's what it sounds like when a DJ orgasms. Let's talk about the Ig Nobel Prize, the Spoof Nobel Prize. Okay, I did not know this was a thing. Yeah, they honor achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think. Mm. Has and. Okay, I'm further establishing my ignorance. Didn't know it started in 1991. It's been around this long. Yeah. Were there any... So, again, this whole thing, I loved reading about it because the whole thing is just a big joke and bit, but also yeah. with science that people are like, you know, having fun with it. There's a... The award ceremony features mini operas, scientific demos, and the 24-7 lectures whereby experts must explain their work twice, once in 24 seconds, and the second in just seven words. Boom, right. 24 7. Um, yeah. I, and I didn't realize how jokey yet serious a lot of the research was. Right. Yeah. It's, it's essentially that's why you, don't, you haven't heard of it. It's, it's not technically life changing uh, right. science, but it's just fun that someone decided to do it. You know, there's 8 billion of us on the planet. 
one person's got time to maybe do something really stupid that we don't need, but that once we know, oh, that's cool. Right? Yeah, and could send off, set off a whole other chain of yeah. thought research. Yeah, like I, I went to see one of the award ceremonies in London a few years back. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, and it was about this guy that won, measured the testicle lengths uh, of both the right and left testicles on statues uh, mm. around Europe and stuff. So... Uh, which one dangles the most? Uh-huh. And it was quite funny that you know he he did some measuring of all the statues and their balls, right? And, and why one would hang more than the other, and yeah. well, on which one, and how would they know? And do nude statues of Zeus like have big old, or like Moses? Like we're going to say big old balls? Do they have big old balls? I don't know. I think that they're, they're they're like uh you know no they're they're pretty sort of Zeus normal, balls. If you like yeah. To just yeah. That really I just wonder because old men balls. Like I've I've been in a YMCA uh, changing room. I've seen some very specific. balls that uh you know dangle to knee length. No, they're, they're huh. sort of like Impressive. demure. You know, if on right. a cold day they're nicely wrapped. Right. As, right. If, as if it looked like one ball. Well, yeah. This was funny because one of the prizes is almost a follow-up yeah. to the, the the question of These testicular balance. These first couple balance. really made me think. Let, uh, let's yeah. start off with physics because this is a question I actually recently had. Uh, so physics' uh, ignoble prize was for studying how and why wombats make cube-shaped poo. We have a rabbit who uh, – our neighbors have a rabbit that gets loose in our yard all the time and – uh, shits out all these tiny little perfectly round pebbles. Uh, and I mean, that's what rabbit shit is. And I have spent a lot of time picking that up and wondering what about their anatomy makes, like, is that, is there something evolutionarily uh, beneficial to having round poop? Like, does it smell I think less? It's how but- so predators shaped or something, right? Well, right. I did. I did wonder when you said cubed. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder science. if, like, if it falls, it means that it doesn't roll away. Well, this right. is what it looks like. Yeah. So, like, if it's a cubed poo, then it would just stay in position. Well, so, a, a, a ball one, for example, the dung beetle. It's, right. a, it's a ball, and it can push it around. But a square, you don't have square wheels on a skateboard. It's right? the building yeah. blocks of a shitty house. Right. Um, I think. Well, what they why? the answer? Well, the conclusion they came to was really about the shape and flexibility of the intestines of a wombat. Right. And then also dry environments that they live in. So, I mean. I guess what the, the knock-on effect of this research is that it could help for manufacturing industries to kind of like, you know, find new techniques for creating cube-shaped products. Right. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess they weren't looking into evolutionary biology. Could you imagine if they were making little shit glues? Like right. igloos with their cube-shaped I mean, shits they could like stack into... They're really beautifully cube-shaped. They do a good job. They look like... Um, I'm trying to think of what it is, like a Haichu candy that was in your pocket for a little too long. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of rich- slightly melted, but yeah, it's a little solidified. Off. It's, not, yeah. it's not perfect angularly speaking, right. but you get the gist. Yeah. I think I'm right about rabbit poo because Sphere has the least surface area. Boom. Great. Boom. It just slides Done. out, right? Uh, yeah. So let's yep, uh, just credit to you. You won the Ig Nobel Prize. Probably for smells less. There's less of it on the outside oh. to smell. So, uh, you know, they... Because, like, that is one way that predators will track prey is based on, like, uh, the, the scent of their shit. I just picture you looking at this rabbit shit, like, in your backyard, like, a magnifying glass, and you're like, hmm, really yeah, thinking Sarah's about like, it. like, Jack, what are you doing? Get in the house! <laughs> I'm <rabbit>. doing research! <laughs> okay, why is it round? What could it be? Don't rabbits, uh, don't rabbits also eat their own poop? And so wouldn't it be easier uh, to, like, eat I, spherical food rather than I know than dogs ones? eat... Uh, Cat puppies shit. eat their own shit, oh. and that's because it's very. That's how I knew the thing about uh, predators tracking based on. Yeah, I know. That's smell. how you knew. It's because their uh, milky poo smells very strongly and makes it very easy to track puppies. So that's why they uh, adapted the oh, wow. um, habit of eating puppy poop. Katie Golden from Creature Feature informed me because my dog was eating cat shit. Yeah, is that there's a high high fat content. Right. Cat droppings, which makes it delicious to a dog somehow. Yeah. And a good Not spread. just dogs, humans. Oh, great. Oh, uh, Super Producer Anna Hosni asked me if I eat the rabbit poop, and I do not. Uh, he tastes them. Right. He doesn't eat them. Big Sample. difference. Yeah. And then rinses his mouth out immediately. Right. The thing I do want to say, like you're talking about, tes- testicles is back 
for the anatomy prize. Oh, okay? testicles is back. They're back, baby. Uh, from the the prize went to these uh, researchers who actually uh, I think they're French because they were studying French oh. young French postmen for this study to figure out uh, the scrotal temperature and asymmetry. In naked and clothed postmen in France was that the award so very specifically. Specific. Wait, do your balls change shape based on whether you're naked or clothed? I think they were just trying to see like if you have clothes on, is there maybe some heat feedback? Like what's oh. that? What's that do to your ball temperature, your yeah. sack temp? Um, By the way, gentlemen, mm-hmm. have you ever, uh, when laying in bed uh, naked, and you've let someone sort of rub their hand uh, from your ankle? Up to your groinage area. Yeah, I pee right? everywhere. Is that oh, what you're saying? No. <laughs> that's, wow. Uh, that's, uh, My bad. <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, well, uh, as you move your the hand up, as you get to around the knee, the ball very quickly <laughs> hides back in its oh, little... Oh, yeah. Have you ever done that no. before? No. Oh, like preservation really mechanism? Wonderful. Yeah, it's like a sort of like uh, if an insect or a snake sort of went up your leg, your balls protect Immediately itself. Immediately like right. retreat? And it's very difficult to do it yourself, but you can do, but ultimately yourself, your brain goes, well, that's my hand, so that's why right. I'm not scared. But that's why I got to do the stranger. Else, yeah, if you get someone else to just rub <laughs> rub your leg very gently, right, right, right. Uh, your balls go in. It's a really quite wonderful thing to do between two lovers. So this is the thing. What they're saying is, <laughs> like you were saying, when you're asking about the drop length of the scrotum yeah. and the testicles within the scrotum, they're, okay, so it is that that has been researched, and they think it's probably to prevent collision between the two testicles or maybe if, have more effective cooling. But it seemed like something with the left one on a high, like on a at a higher rate, was typically the hotter ball. Mm. So you know, left is hotter ball. Yeah, on average. I mean, look it, again. These aren't these aren't real studies. These are more like no, they are real. I mean, they are, but not in the way that they could have said. I sort of like unequivocally right. that it's like that. But yeah. Did you know that the David, uh, Michelangelo's the David, has a small... I like that you call him the David. The mm-hmm. David uh, has a small penis because he's supposed to be about to fight... Goliath? Goliath, yeah. It's like supposed to be right before, and you can like, if you get up close, his eyes are like really wide, like he's oh, yeah, about yeah. to his fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, his pupils are really large, yeah. yeah. And his, yeah. like, all his like vascular structure is like really like flush. Shit. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. like that's why, like he doesn't just have a small penis. It's like Michelangelo was <laughs> it's like- It's not just a small penis, right. guys. Michelangelo was like, this is, you know, Art. he's got yeah. the- Oh, yeah, shit. It's the moment. Pulled in yeah, because yeah. he's feeling fear. It's supposed oh, to be a man in fear. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Thanks for that. that speaking a, of Italy, little... the prize in medicine was given to people who were collecting evidence that pizza might protect against illness and death if the pizza is made and eaten in Italy. I mean, this just sounds like it was- uh, done to queue up one of your stories. No, it's not because uh, that would be Naples, the home of a really great pizza. But this is neither here nor there. <laughs> the the deal is these these researchers started in 2003, where they investigated whether ingesting Italian pizza can protect against cancer. That's the biggest thing. Then 2004, whether pizza could offset the risk of acute myocardial infarction. And in 2006, again. They built on their work in 2003 to study whether eating pizza reduced the risk of breast, ovarian, and prostate cancer. They were all basically like, there's no way for us to know. <laughs> but we did just sort of test these people who ate pizza in Italy. Right. Uh, I wonder if felt. they considered the placebo effect of eating a pizza in Italy. Because right. if you're going to Italy, you know, you want to eat some spaghetti. You want to eat a pizza because you're in Italy. When right. in Rome, right? right? And so the joy of eating a pizza in Italy, in front of the Colosseum, right. might bring you so much more extra joy than just eating a pizza, you know, out of a Ralph's freezer. Yeah. Right. Uh, Without that, warming that it up. Be. That may be just frozen. Just yeah. right there in the like Ralph's Frisbee. freezer aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. This Red Baron ain't gonna eat itself. Yeah, I do I, wonder, I wonder if, if it, yeah. I do wonder, yeah, if this has something to do with this just being like peak human joy like that or the mediterranean diet or you know whatever that could be but right i mean it just seems weirdly specific i think that's what they should have done is test people who might not who aren't italian right because then there's a little bit of more wonder and whimsy for being in italy and seeing if that gives something to people i would love it if you know i say love it uh you know if someone had cancer in italy and just went to a doctor and went oh well i can prescribe you a nice margarita (laughs) thank you sir (laughs) it's like this is are are they just like trying to create 
Italian jokes. Bring back Italian jokes, jokes about Italian people. Uh, all right, let's talk about the medical education one. Um, okay, I think this was interesting because this one was about using a simple, an- like a clicker, like clicker training for animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that can train surgeons to perform orthopedic surgery. Uh, and so what they want to do are two specific surgical tasks, tying the locking sliding knot and making a low angle drill hole. And what they did was just sort of using the effectiveness of this clicker uh, that's usually for animals. But the clicker serves as a conditioned reinforcer that communicates in a way that is language and judgment free. So the result was the clicker trained group of medical students took more time to learn the tasks than the control group. But they were better at performing the tasks precisely. Hmm. And if you're talking about surgery, baby, it's all precision. Yeah. So uh, next time you go into any kind of orthopedic surgery, ask if they've been clicker trained. But also, isn't that just hypnosis? I mean, that's what hypno- hypnotists are. They, they, they sort of click you, and it, it sort of gives you a sense of tempo in your mind, even if you don't really realize it. It subconsciously keeps track of time. Um, well, I don't know if it's meant, it's about tempo more so, like if one of the mistakes made or you do well, you hear the clicker to just sort of create that connection. Oral uh, reinforcement or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, Look, but that, isn't that, that's a form of hypnosis is what I'm saying. Yeah, hell probably. yeah, man. I don't know, man. Look, I'm just, I don't even, I didn't even know about the ignobles until right now. I'm ignorant, okay? <laughs> or ignorante. Right. Ignorante. say in Italy. Uh, well, shit. Eric, it's been a pleasure having oh, you, Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. You're a real artist, man. You've been drawing like really cool shit this whole time. Uh, can we sell this? Yeah, can, can we? Have it. For no, charity. To not, charity. Yeah, to charity if you want. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, where can people find you, follow you? My name is Eric Lampere. Find me on Instagram because I hate Twitter uh, or Facebook. Uh, I've also got an album, Alien of Extraordinary Ability. You can buy it, but if not, it's free on Spotify. I have a show called Born of Chaos, uh, which I'm doing in Los Angeles on the 26th of September and 24th of October at the Broadwater Theatre. And it's like, it's mainly comedy, but there is some tragedy. Yeah. Um, So I'm enjoying, I really genuinely, it was the show that I did at the Edinburgh Festival and I'm, I say for the first time in my career, proud of a project. Does that make sense? That's like, great. Not pr- no, first time, but like, yeah, yeah. like before the shows were good, you know, the shows were funny, like Alien of Extraordinary Ability, the album. Yeah, it's funny, but it's not really saying anything. It's just yeah. a good hour. Right. I mean, that uh, is, is the, the blurb sh- on the, the cover, show. right? Well, not really saying anything, but it's not really saying anything. But hey, it'll make you laugh. Uh, so this is the show I'm proud. So I would love it. If That's people Congrats, man. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah, it's tough when you're a creator because sometimes you don't allow yourself to like sort of pat yourself on the back or feel fully confident in some of the work you made. So yeah, yeah. So it I feels good. Applaud um, you for experience. And uh, for Boise, uh, we did a show called Comedian Cinema Club where we recreate movies live on stage. Uh, we did Princess Bride and it was sold out. <laughs> and so we decided to come back. So we're back on the 11th of January uh, to do Labyrinth. Where? Oh, shit. Uh, in Boise? In Boise. And then Dang. we're hopefully going to be doing a little tour around the Midwest and Chicago and stuff like that. So uh, Labyrinth if you, will be sick. If you want to see comedians getting drunk and recreate movies, get in touch with me. Yeah. Love you. Are you uh, going to be David Bowie? Oh, right. yeah, of course I'll be David. Oh, right, man. Oh, tra-la-la. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what did Boise do to deserve this? This masterful comedy. Yeah. Uh, well, I just got invited to, to, to the 208 Comedy Festival, yeah. and uh, I just brought my humor, and turns out the Americans like it. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, uh, no, I know. Okay. Is there anything I honestly, on social I media? I honestly don't like Twitter. In fact, I only now follow six people, uh, and they're all cinema-based things because it got a little bit too much. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm trying to be aware of the things that are going on in the world while at the same time having to try and take care of my mental health. And if I keep reading stuff about Brexit and Trump and stuff, it becomes very difficult because I'm like, Trump and Boris and yeah. other people around the world are a bunch of C-words. You're right. You're and filling the it, chaos bucket in your subconscious with the media taking yeah, in. Yeah, so I'm just yeah. trying to just chill out. And yeah. Twitter is never, I think, a, bad, a good place for that. That's why I got to listen to the Daily Zeitgeist. That's true. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? And is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, boy. Watch yeah. out, guys. Twitter and Instagram. Hold on to your buttholes uh, in particular. <laughs> Because the poo that's coming out is not round or cubicle. No. The, it's mind. a mess, bro. It's a mess. It's loose, baby. <laughs> the stool is loose. Shout out to Dr. Lisa Swan for identifying the problem. Now, uh, let's see. At Miles Gray, Twitter, Instagram. Some tweets I like. At uh, Molly Lambert. Thank God being a redhead exempts me from the are you the blonde scammer or the brunette scammer binary. In parentheses, <laughs> 
all redheads are scammers. Um, <laughs> then there was another one from, so, you know, with that whole fiasco with Shane racist, whatever the fuck that dude's name is, who was really Shame racist. Yeah. Uh, coming with the, all the really just hilarious border boundary pushing racist, uh, comedy. Andrew T was quoting. He said like, <laughs> he tweeted about it. He said, who is going to be the first one to write the Rob Schneider, Asian erasure hot take, but deep down someone who's listening, uh, this is Dylan Clark Moore. I think who listens to the show as well at Dylan Clark Moore said, I keep hearing this in the Ninja Turtles theme. And he wrote it as the logo and it says Rob Schneider, Asian erasure. <laughs> oh man. Heroes that are half Asian, turtle power. Or he's Shit. actually a quarter. Uh, or maybe yeah, a, but who's eighth. measuring, hey? Yeah, you know, look, we're not here to check blood quantum. Uh, some tweets I've been enjoying. Megan Amran uh, just retweeted one of her old tweets with the word important. Uh, and it, her old tweet was, yeah, sure, I like Sorkin. Sorkin my own dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the most important oh, tweets man. of all time. Um, and I think Aaron would appreciate a well-phrased tweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then went to Ed Drill said, I love saying shit like, yow, this kitten's got claws whenever a woman stabs me 38 times in the neck and chest. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. That's how I talk now that we have 100 episodes out, bitches. 100 uh, seasons, doggy. 100 seasons. Woof. 500 episodes. That's what it is. Uh, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I wanted to. There was another tweet that I was looking for that I found. Oh. Uh, Blake Wexler tweeted things I most often mumble to myself on a daily basis. Uh, one, goddamn it. Two, Jesus fucking Christ. Three, holy goddamn shit. Four, nice bangs, idiot. Five, <laughs> oh my fucking god. <laughs> I I have four of those. I do not say holy goddamn shit under my breath, but all the other ones. Are. Nice bangs, idiot. Yeah, nice bangs. Nice idiot. bangs, idiot. <laughs> nice bangs. I'm trying to think of what the f- <laughs> like. In what context do you would you sincerely say fucking yeah, nice bangs, idiot? Right. Like, are you like a competitive <laughs> hairstylist and so, someone else gets a prize? You know? Yeah, it sounds like an 80s movie. Hey, yeah. nice bangs, idiot. Yeah, you want box? Yeah, got him. <laughs> oh, also, Mike Drucker uh, inspired my AK today with this tweet. Joker should end with him getting a serious XM show where he just complains about being silenced. Uh, and I think that's probably going to happen with this SNL fucker. Uh, what song are we going to write out on today? Oh, 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 oh. A song we're writing out on today is um, a track called... Called One Day. You're just grape stomping lady oh, oh, dust. Oh, 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 And it's from an artist called Smeyule. I don't know how to. S M E. Smeyule? S M E. One day, my Smeyule. One day. To get his new album, Precious. Out now. S M E Y E U L, period. Um, and it's called One Day. It's just a very, it's look, it's a head nod sort of Dilla jazz sample instrumental track. But the chord progression, I don't know if you like to sing. It almost makes you want to sing over it. Ooh. That's why I like it. Because mm-hmm. I'm a, look, we, we all know how much I like to sing. Uh, and not well. But anyway, One Day, Smay You Well, Smeagol, whatever you want to call them, Bilbo Baggins, Trilbo Swaggins. We're out. This specifically makes you want to sing Nickelback over it, right? Mm, no comment. Okay. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow because it is a daily podcast, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. 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 Bye.